So welcome to another show. Uh, so today we have Jack Decker on, who is the author of the book, The State's First Amendment. So thank you for being on the show, Jack. Uh, thank you for having me on. So the state's First Amendment, very different to the Constitution's First Amendment, isn't it? Yes. Yes. First, um, the First Amendment deals with a um, very important, like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. Uh, but my uh, amendment has nothing to do with the First Amendment. Not really. So it's uh, more about states', states rights. It has more to do with the Tenth Amendment, which is um, what are powers in um, not laid out in the Constitution is reserved for the states and the individual. Uh, that's my basically my amendment would have more impact on that amendment. So, so why is that so important to you that? So states and individuals can have more control. Is it rather than a more centralized power? Well, um, when my country was started, we were a colony of, of the UK. Uh, actually, we were 13 colonies of the UK. Uh, we were not um, a single body at that time. You, you did not view us as, um, you called us the American colonies, but each colony was a separate colony as far as you guys were concerned um when we separated from you we were not that not that happy with centralized power and so we didn't want to have a a, a single entity determining everything and we want to have more powers to the states and uh, when our country was um founded we ran under what's called the articles of confederation which was actually the first constitution of the u.s and this the states were very loosely connected together. We actually had tariffs. We had um, import restrictions between the colonies. Um, uh, the Revolutionary War Army had to beg for supplies um, and money from the states, and they could give whatever they wanted or not give at all. And that caused a problem. And then after the revolution was won, um, we had what's called the Shaw Rebellion, um, S H A Y, and it, and it was over taxation within one state, and show further weakness of the federal government. And so, uh, the founding fathers met again and created what we now call the U.S. Constitution. Um, and then they also met the that's kind of like the the <laughs> the mechanical manual for our country. But and so they, they just focused on that part, and then they all agreed that they were going to meet again for uh, to deal with what rights were going to be um, embedded into the Constitution. That's what we call the Bill of Rights. And so they met a second time to determine what the Bill of Rights was. That's where the First Amendment came about. That's where the Tenth Amendment came about. All the amendments that you hear uh, an American say, that's where those amendments are actually in, is in the uh, Bill of Rights. Uh, we wanted our founding fathers wanted a very limited federal government, and that's how our country operated for a hundred years. Um, this is when the economy of America just absolutely exploded. Um, then there was, but from the very beginning, there were people that wanted a very powerful centralized government, and there was people that wanted the powers to be more with the states, more confederation based. Uh, in our country's history. Um, there are two individuals that kind of you know, epitomize these two different approaches. Uh, because of a musical, you guys might actually know of one of them, uh, which was Alexander Hamilton. Um, that's the current musical that's going around. He exemplified centralized power. He wanted a, a he created the national the first national bank. It was it was abolished twice last time under Andrew Jackson, and then there was Thomas Jefferson, and he represented. Uh, the anti-federalists, uh, Alexander Hamilton, Federalist, Centralized Power, Anti-Federalist, Thomas Jefferson. And for 100 years, we under-operated this way. We had a Supreme Court that every time the Federalists got a law passed through Congress and signed by the president, they would strike it down. No, that, that's not in the Constitution. No, that's not in the Constitution. Just one time after another time after another time. Um, cartoons in America about how often um, there's skeet shooting. A bill comes up and the Supreme Court goes, 
you know, next one. A um, hundred years after our founding, finally the Federalists, the pro-centralized power advocates, got a Supreme Court that agreed with their warped interpretation of two clauses in our Constitution. One was called the General Welfare Clause, the other one was called the Commerce Clause, and um, that enabled the, the federal government to basically now stick their fingers into everything in the country that it wants to. The states are constantly fighting to maintain what little power they still possess. The federalists are constantly coming in, trying to take those powers away. Right now, you're seeing um, in America, if, uh, I'm not sure how much coverage it gets in your, your country, uh, but there's a battle between the state of Texas and the federal government over the over the border. Um, our president of the United States um, a lot of people wonder what he's doing um, the Democrats uh, I don't want to be partisan and I'm not I'm a libertarian I'm not a Republican uh, in, in my country there are two political parties there's a Republican party and there's a Democratic party I'm, in, I'm not a member of either one I'm a member of the Libertarian Party a third party um, is, 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 is libertarian in some way anarchist anarchism to to an extent? No. <laughs> the, 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 are there we any similarities? Travelers. Though? We are fellow travelers, um, but we have very different end goals. Um, an anarchist wants no government at all. Um, I think is a personally. I think it is a. a as realistic as communism is, uh, depends. Everyone's going to be good, okay? You know, everyone's going to be nice. No, there's not going to be things like be bad men in either of those cases. Um, communism fails because it's basically slackerism. Slackerism killed communism. Um, our anarchy would would just bring about the rule of gangs. Um, might make right. Uh, libertarians want. Uh, minimum government, maximum liberty. Um, we want government as being as small as possible. We, cons we consider that taxation is theft, that taxation is extortion, but that that is a necessary evil because there's a role for government to protect our rights and our property. And uh, there's a debate on though how much it shrinks down. There, there are uh anno 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 capitalist anarchist capitalist basically and that's what you see in Argentina um Milley M I L E I is that how you pronounce his name the president the current the new president of Argentina he's an anarcho capitalist uh what they believe is that there should not be any government employees at all that the government should exist but should um, outsource everything to private sectors that it has to do, but it has a, it has a very libertarian role, but has a very um, the what the federal government does do they outsource of the private sector. That's the difference between um, and and there are libertarians who are anarcho capitalist. They're this they're one and the same. You can be a libertarian and be an anarcho capitalist. You can be both. It's just whether or not you think that an anarcho-capitalist would outsource all of government to the private sector that the government should do, but the, what they should do, it should be very limited. So, but an, an anarchist wants no government. Um, Free-range citizens. Um, in an ideal, perfect world, I, I would totally agree with that. I, there, I consider um, an anarchist to be the ultimate optimist. And it's, it's, um, it's nice to think that there are people who think that mankind is that kind, K-I-N-D, um, but I'm not that kind. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah no, um, so it's, it's, it's true as well, because uh, idealistically, you would think, oh, there needs to be no government, we know we're all sort of equal, equity, equality, all of that sort of stuff. But I heard something the other day and it really made you think 
if if let's say there was a, an airplane crash and you, we all landed on a desert island, how long do you think it would be before some level of government was created to make sure that everyone was for, for, for the best instantly of, at, at our instantly. You know, what's your what are your expertise? What are your expertise? You know, how much are you bring to the table? What's everyone going to do? And who's going to be in charge of that? Who's the, the most sensible and the most intelligent, etc.? And it's just naturally something that will happen. So I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah. I think there is a need. We will self, in that situation, we would automatically self-organize. Um, very, very likely what would happen is that um, the first thing would be um, protection. You're on the island. Uh, there would have to be a scouting parties because you could have wild animals, wild boars. Boars do not take kindly to anybody. Um, and then you'd have to have guys that, and it would be guys. The idea that women are going to pro provide defense is just um, a feminist fantasy. Yeah, gen gender uh, roles would come back, wouldn't they? Gender roles would quickly. Oh, yeah. They, they, they're coming back now. It's just a um, feminism is a luxury of civilized society. Yeah, it, it, it is. Do you know who yeah, that just... comedian is? Uh, uh, Andrew Schultz, the American comedian, he said something along the lines of, quite funny actually, he said, oh, feminists right. uh, times the fight for equality amazingly, not when the wars were happening, but now we've got air-conditioned offices and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. They want equal rights, but as soon as another war comes, they'll be like, yeah, you go ahead, we'll just you know look after the kids, etc. So it's quite, quite funny. Really. Yeah, yeah. When the ship sinks, it's all of a sudden becomes women and children first, you know, <laughs> you know. But it's also the role. I mean, we will. Um, you look at like, I don't know how we want to get into this, but um, I, I have a degree in psychology and social psychology, so I'm fascinated by watching people. And there's, I was watching trans people before they became popular in a, in the city called Madison, Wisconsin. And you watch how trans actually work. When they're threatened, you see who they really are. Um, the male, the, the, the male that's under delusion that she's female would, uh, will respond with a fight. Uh, the female who's under delusion that she is male uh, will fly, will flee. Um, and it just becomes apparent. And, and um, so it's just, <laughs> I don't know if you want us to go down there. I'm willing to talk about anything you'd like to yeah, talk about. Yeah, same. I mean, um, it's, it's, funny, it's funny, though, because they say, oh, there's more than two genders, yet they want to swap from one to the other. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing also that they, 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 they say there's more than two genders, and that you can be the your gender and be another gender, and yet they say gender-affirming care means us cutting off parts of your body to affirm. The, but I thought we could be any gender. We didn't have to have those parts taken off to be that gender. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a fad. It's a fad. Oh, absolutely. It's um, just like LG, LGBTQ, whatever. The anything beyond B, okay, is just a fad, and I don't think people truly understand what Q is. I think when they find out what Q is, they'll be like, "Oh shit, no," and have and don't have that shit anywhere close to our kids, and that's where in America, in America, that's drawing the line, is where. You see their real intentions, and they want to go after the kids. They, they want to have kids who, you know, is the in our country, um, the Democrats don't believe that you should, you can be responsible enough to own a gun, okay? But they think that, and they don't think adults should, should are responsible enough to own a gun, but they think that kids are responsible enough to cut off parts of their body before they hit yeah, puberty. This is it. Um, that's but, just, but this is coming back to what you said earlier about the centralized. It's just a fan. The, the, the biggest problem I've got, and I, I'm all for to an extent decentralizing power, because if you've got you know huge amounts of power, you can do things against the will of other people for your own benefit. The problem mm -hmm. is though, is that once you've got a level of power, it's very difficult to try and for for us as as you know peasants of society to an extent claw some of that power back. It's very difficult. Well, and here's the thing. That's a, I can, um, 
to just to briefly explain what my amendment is about, it creates a new politician in our country. It makes a, currently there are only federal politicians, state politicians, county politicians, and it goes all the way down municipal politicians or school board politicians. And they only affect their level of government. And so to a federal politician, what the problem I believe a country has is that to a federal politician, for them to infect anything in the country, it has to be through a federal law. So it's like the old saying, to a hammer, all problems are nails. To a federal politician, all problems are federal po- are federal problems because they want to have impact. Uh, you're a politician. You you want to have impact. That, that's why you became a politician, and that's how you would get reelected. You don't re- get reelected by saying, oh, I did nothing. You know, I did nothing in Congress. You say, oh, here's what I did. Here's what, you know, this I did. Um. But that's caused the problem. That's why the there was um, centralized power people in our our federal government that wanted to to have the warp reading of the Commerce Clause and Welfare Clause, so that the federal government, the U.S. Supreme Court, eventually agreed with them after a hundred years, and that that's just so that they can have impact. Um, my amendment basically creates a new politician that there are that is both a federal and a state politician. It takes the U.S. Senate and gets rid of it, in a way. So, so, so just, just to confirm, because from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not hugely um, uh, abreast with U.S. politics, but it's how Senate and Congress aren't there. Is that the three parts of, of the American system? Well, it is uh, Judiciary, Supreme Court, Executive, U.S. President, and then there's Congress. And Congress, when it was being formed... Um, the southern states were wanted to have it be representation by state. The northern states, because they were most populous, they wanted to be representation by population. And Benjamin Franklin, a uh, really smart guy at the time, came in and says, well, why don't we have both? So we have the U.S. Senate that represents the states and the U.S. House of Representatives that represents the population. And they divide up the powers even there, the high um, the, U.S. House of Representatives has the, the the biggest power, which is called the power of the purse. That's where all the federal budgets come out of is the uh, U.S. House. And kind of like giving them something, you know, you don't have the power purse. The U.S. Senate, um, the president can um, nominate members to the Supreme Court. The U.S. Senate approves them. The president can sign a treaty. The Senate approves the treaty. The Senate, the, the president... Um, There's another one. <laughs> but basically, the, the confirmation, oh, like ambassadors. The president can uh, propose them, uh, nominate an ambassador. The Senate approves the ambassador. Um, the Senate is a, the, more of the long-term part of the of the Congress because they're elected every, every six years. And the House of Representatives kind of is called, is called keeping their fingers on the pulse of America. All of them are reelected every two years, and um, so excuse me. My amendment would give would bring the Congress into the tel- into our age, into the twenty first century. Um, it makes us, it bring, and right now we can telecommute, which wasn't possible back when the country was founded. The fastest trans- communication was horse and ship back when the, the country was founded. Now, look what we're doing now. You're in England, okay? I'm in America, and we're having instantaneous conversations. I'm just bringing Congress into the to the 21st century. I'm enabling Congress to telecommute. So now I'm taking the two U.S. Each state has two U.S. House or two U.S. senators. I'm sending them back to the states. I'm taking the U.S. House of Representatives, eliminating all of them, as I do with the senators, and moving them back to the states. Um, I'll give you this. What in the in the Senate, each state gets two votes. I enable them to telecommute. So what are they doing back there? I say instead, why don't we just make the governor, who's the head of the state, have those have those two votes in the U.S. Senate? So in other words, it'll be just one vote. The Senate will go from hundred members to fifty members, one for each state. Okay, the governor will have that vote. Governors are very much aware of what the federal government does 
extremely aware because it impacts whatever they do in the at the states. At the House of Representatives, uh, we have a um, if you were states are divided up how many votes they get in the House of Representatives by their population. California has a lot, I think it's 53. Um, Wyoming has one because they're, but every state at least has one, at least one vote in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, so let's say a state had 10 votes in the U.S. House of Representatives, their state assembly, which is their kind of like their House of Representatives on the state level representing the population of their state within the state for the state government has a hundred members. I take that hundred members and divide that into 10. And so each one would get 0.1% of a vote in the U.S. House of Representatives. So I get rid of the current U.S. Senators, I get rid of the current House of Representatives, and I give those votes to the state politicians. I believe because of that, now they have politicians who can vote for both federal laws and state laws. I think that's where um, the states are going to start saying uh, there's a lot of duplication between the federal government and the state governments. Uh, every The federal government has a Department of Transportation. Every state has a Department of Transportation. Um, the federal government has um, a Commerce Department. Every state has a Commerce Department. There's there's only three federal governments, three, I'm sorry, three federal departments in the United States that the states do not duplicate in a way. <laughs> that's the Department of Defense, that's State Department, which we actually, it's not about the states. The State Department is our diplomacy department. And then there's the Treasury, the people that print the money. All other federal departments have their corresponding departments at the state level. So now that I've made you, let's say I make you a state assembly member in the state of Wisconsin, my home state, you represent both your district at the state level and at the federal level. There are two bills coming in. Okay, one's a federal bill and one's a state bill. Again, remember I said politicians like to have an impact? Well, where would you have more impact? If, you're, if your state assembly has 100 members or and you're a part of it, or you're part of the federal House of Representatives, and by me giving all those votes to all the state assembly members, that will make their 5,462 members of the U.S. House of Representatives. But if, if, if just a question, and again, sure. just to test my understanding, if sure. these representatives are then responsible for two two levels essentially does that not centralize power rather than decentralized power oh uh, no it, it does the opposite uh, well it was centralized power i i believe it was centralized power in the federal government that the federal government is best able to do such as national defense such as uh, international diplomacy, uh, such as printing the U.S. dollar. Although at one time, um, there were every state had their own currency. Okay, um, but counterfeiting was rampant. Um, I don't know if you guys know. Uh, it's called the Secret Service, the U.S. Secret Service. They protected President when he's there. Well, one of their duties is actually counterfeiting, and they still do it today. They go on out and arrest people who are counterfeiting U.S. the currency. That was their original purpose was of the Secret Service was going after counterfeiters. They're protecting the President was a was kind of an add-on. Oh, hey, we've had an assassination attempt. Oh yeah, someone killed the President. Maybe we should protect this guy. Um, that was Lincoln. so. so and, what do you think? With, what do you think with the JFK situation? Then now you've mentioned uh, the killing of presidents. Think it was a as an inside right? job, or was it Harvey Oswald? Do you think? Um, I think it was Harvey Oswald. I think it is. Yeah, if it's a conspiracy, it's funner to think that's a conspiracy theory than it was um, simply a lone pathetic person killing someone that had training you know um he was a lucky shot 
I mean, it was just uh, if you saw the situation, I, I don't think it was conspiracy at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, reality is fun to watch the the movies where they think it is, you know, just like um, the, what, the Da Vinci Code, but there's no Da Vinci Code. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, conspiracy theories are fun to, to go into like a movie, but I don't always it when, when a simpler explanation makes it possible is you know occam razor you know let's just if a simpler explanation explains it then that's probably what it really was and it's a lone actor um i don't don't think there's grand conspiracy uh but anyways (laughs) so i i think that because of that uh if, if, if my man was added um you'd have a situation where uh, as you as a state assembly member would have more impact at the state level than at the federal level, because at the state level, you're only one out of a hundred, but at the uh, national level, my amendment, you are one out of 5,462. Um, and also for the governors, um, for their power at a governor, they have a lot of power and state politics, but at the federal level, they would still be one of 50. So is you, you are a state governor or you're one of 50. And so I think it would just naturally, um, it would just naturally cause the governments that can be done at the state level to be done at the state level, but even at the federal level, uh, we have every state has a national guard, and the national guard is kind of a misleading term because it's actually a state guard because the head of the national guard is actually the governor. And right now we're having a contentious situation here in America. Uh, between Texas and the federal government over the border. Uh, the federal government does not want to police the border. Texas does. And Texas is not putting up with the shenanigans of the Democratic Party uh, because what it's doing is when they, the illegals come over, they're shipping it to all the Democratic states. Oh, you don't like, you don't want us to have, protect our border? Oh, you're a sanctuary state? You're, you're a sanctuary city? Okay, we're not taking care of these people that are coming over. We're sending them to you because you just want to have them. You say they're fine. You think that they're great. They're great for our economy. Okay, here is all this. And, and I think that's a, um, a wake-up call, right? Chicago is, we're a sanctuary city. You, you, you can see, watch videos. We accept all illegal immigrants here. All, you're not illegal. You're just coming here. Um, then Texas are sending the illegal immigrants to Chicago. Now they're freaking on out. They're like, what, what do we do with all these people? Well, that's what Texas has had to deal with forever. You know, um, we're giving you what how the border states are dealing with it. But right now, that is a, a contentious issue between the federal government and the state governments. Would my amendment affect that? No. Um, it would give more power to the states. Okay. Um, there would not be an I I don't think there would be as much of an issue um with Texas enforcing their own border. So what rules can't states control? What sort of rules is there that happen beyond, uh, above, well, if, beyond with my, with my With my creation of a federal and state politician, in a way, they, they are one and the same. These two have to deal with federal issues. They have to deal with state issues. The federal issues don't go away. The does that include, does that include fiscal, fiscal stuff like the Fed as well or not? Like, sure does, it include, does it include a lot of financial issues like such as the Fed and setting setting things like that? Or is it just sort of other rules and not necessarily financial rules as well? Oh, fi- okay, uh, there are a lot of, in America, there's a lot of financial rules. Um, if it's about the Treasury, about the US currency, yeah, uh, yeah. that would be kind of... I think the the it takes our government as there is now and changes it. I don't think there would be enough support at the state levels to have state currencies again because it would have to be a, an agreement with all the in the US House representatives and the stand, uh, basically state assembly members and governors saying, "Hey, we want to create our own currency." And all the states, at least the majority of them, would have to agree that a state can have their own currency. I don't think they would ever agree with that. No, no, because no. I'm sorry, just... sorry. I don't. I don't mean that uh, they would have their own currency. What I'm saying is that okay, you've you've made these changes. You've made states more accountable to themselves, essentially. 
But there is still above the United States, the Federal Reserve, which, because it controls the money supply, has an impact on all of the states. Would any of your rulings affect that power dynamic is where I'm basically going with this? Well, with the Federal Reserve, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the country that wants to get rid of it. The Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government. The Federal Reserve is a private corporation. It, it was created yeah. in the shadows. Um, it is what has devalued our currency. Um, a dollar to a dollar when it was created in 1913 is worth three cents today. That's purchasing power. Yeah, it's because of the uh, President Nixon, wasn't it? He took it off the gold standard, the dollar. Well, this is this before Nixon. This is way back in um, uh, Coolidge. Um, that's when they met and created the Federal Reserve. But what it has done is devalued the American dollar. There's a lot of calls of getting rid of it. There's no, there's no reason for the Federal Reserve, except for printing money, except for printing money out of thin air. And that has devalued our money. And, as, and there's a lot of countries that actually base their currency on the U.S. dollar. It is considered the gold standard in, in the world. This would actually, I think they would get rid of the Federal Reserve. I think we would be back to a balanced budget. I think the federal government would stop going into debt. There's a, out of the, out of the states, 44 states have a balanced budget amendment as part of their state, either constitution or state law. So right now the federal government is running deficits. That would, I think that would all stop. And the federal government, I think we pay off all our debts. It would take a little while, but maybe not as long as people would think. Um, and it'd be the, the US the US dollar would return to being a very, very stable currency. It would, there'd be a period of deflation, which some economists fear. Deflation is a consequence of capitalism, okay? It, deflation happens because of competition in the marketplace. If I figure out a way to make a widget cheaper, you're darn right I'm going to price my widget cheaper than yours, you know, because then I can sell more than you. And so that's a, just a natural part of capitalism is you're always trying to find a, a way on how to be doing the same thing for less cost. Um, you know, if the... In our country, we have Walmart, but we also have Sam's Club, which is also part of Walmart. Sam's Clubs, you go in there and you have to buy stuff in bulk. I mean, just there's there's no single issue thing. It's like you want a piece of candy? Okay, well, here's a box of candy. Okay, we're gonna give you a cheap price on it because we're not breaking it apart and selling you one by one. We're gonna sell you in bulk. Um, that's just capitalism. And so I think the states would probably kill off the Federal Reserve, um, but that's a that's a private corporation. It's not part of government. Um, the Treasury Department is probably what a lot of people think is the is the Federal Reserve, but the Treasury Department Treasury Department just prints the money. You know, the dollar bills, the coins. That's what the Treasury Department does. It has um, Fort Knox. Uh, where we keep our gold one of the places that we keep our gold is not all of there's we the u.s keeps their gold in lots of different locations you know there's a james bond movie that james bond well, dr goldfinger goldfinger where he goes and he's going to take the the gold in the federal um in fort knox there's gold reserves all over america they're in the bottom of um uh, what we call federal reserves in that those areas, um, but anyways, uh, would that still exist? Yes, I, I think, but it'd be different, just like the Defense Department. Uh, right now, we have America is the global policeman, and there's a lot of people in America that do not like that. Um, America is pretty isolationist, to be honest about it. Um, our our federal politicians aren't. But American people, we, we were dragged kicking and screaming into World War One, kicking and screaming into World War II. We we just wanted to be left alone. Um by and large, we love that there is a Atlantic on one side and a, and a Pacific on the other. Um there are a lot of Americans that would like to shut down a lot of our overseas military bases and bring those soldiers home. We don't there's a lot of Americans that don't want to be involved in wars. Um, Trump is one of them. Um, he has promised that when if he gets reelected, 
the Ukraine war will be ended within 24 hours. You think the election was stolen? We're, we're, what? Do you think the election was stolen given the voting uh, counts? Well, if you read the history of American politics, there's always been shenanigans. Always have. Um, John F. Kennedy did not win the popular vote. There's a district in Chicago that voted 110% for John F. Kennedy. 110% of the voters voted for John F. Kennedy. That's mad. They went into graveyards and they they went into the graveyards and got the names of the dead and had them vote for John F. Kennedy. That's the Daily Machine. The Mayor Daly, he had a machine. So there's always been shenanigans. There's always has been. If you want to, you know, some people say, oh, this, this is such a contentious presidential election. Read up what happened with the first real one, which was between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. You want to talk about dirty politics? You want to talk about mudslinging? Was it stolen? Yeah, maybe. I'm not... I, I don't I didn't clutch my pearls and go oh my god you know there's there's shenanigans going on of course there is uh, but part of the problem is, is that Republicans didn't counter it you know uh, if one party cheats you gotta call them on a cheat and then this next election what happened in Pennsylvania it ain't gonna happen again um, but to be honest about it in my personal feeling um, I think it was a grand thing that that uh, Trump didn't win re-election. Uh, because is, I I believe he's a good hand grenade. Uh, our country needs a hand grenade right now. Um, he's been out of office for four years. He's going to be reelected. There, I, I I'm a libertarian. I'll be voting libertarian unless he makes Rand Paul, which is a libertarian U.S. senator, his VP. I'll be voting libertarian. If he makes Rand Paul his VP, I'll vote for Trump. But. Him being out of office for forty years, I think, is fantastic because now when he comes, when he gets reelected, he's had four years to think what that those next four years are going to be. He has plans. You, you listen to him day one. This is what I'm going to be doing. So you, he has plans of everything he's going to do once he gets back in office. I, I mean, if, if I if I could have magical control over our our whole system, I'd have that no president can. I would have one. Presidents can serve more than two terms, but I would say they cannot serve two consecutive terms. In other words, they can serve four years, then they have to be out of office for four years, and then they can, if they can get reelected, they can come back in four years. I think that would be, a, they can then have, like what Trump has right now, he has, he has had four years to think about what he's going to do next, and he's been in office. He knows what he can do, and so when he comes in the next four years, it's going to be a... a that administration, his administration, when he comes back in, is going to have a running start. I, 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 I think that you should be able to do more than two terms consecutively, but the threshold for votes would have to be a lot higher. Because if it's just a very marginal difference, it's not really fair on the, the, the you know, the, the, the major minority, basically, who don't want that to continue. Whereas if I think you go for a 75% vote, then it's saying that we're really happy with this guy. We love where he's going and we'd like him to do another term. The reason I say that is because what can happen with two terms, by, by the time, it's only eight years, by, by year one or year two of the next president or whoever it's going to be, party, you want to call it party, you've reversed a lot of the work that's done over those eight years. Whereas when it's 12 years, because a lot has changed, it's a lot harder to reverse the, the 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 progress that's been made over a short time frame, if that makes sense. That's that's my view, anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see logic to that. I can also see people, you know, we don't we don't have a referendum on the president. Um, he runs against candidates. If there was a referendum, unlike with your system, a vote on confidence is in parliament that's how you one of the ways you can change the leadership of parliament we don't have a vote of no confidence for we have our version of vote of no confidence would be an impeachment to impeach the president um but we have never in our history ever kicked a president out of office uh, we came close with nixon but he resigned 
and and he made Gerald Ford the president. Um, we've had Trump has been impeached. Clinton was impeached. Probably George Bush was impeached. It's meaningless now. It's just a you know, oh, you're not nice. We don't like you. Um, it, I don't know. It, that would change. That would be another th whole thing. I mean, my my amendment has would have nothing to do with that. Um, my amendment would. Um, it just reforms. Basically, it gets the states to go. What can we handle at the state level, and what is something we can we should handle together at the federal level? So, so what? So, so what? It, what would these key change? What would these changes in terms of solutions? What do you think these changes would really solve in terms of problem? What What are you hoping to see? A future. It'd be the of, federal government reduced down to just the Department of Defense, State, and Treasury. Um, the federal laws would would only deal with those issues. Um, the Department of Education, Federal Department of Education, would be gone. Uh, the Federal Department of Interior, which is what state parks, preserves, reserves, would be gone, because the states all have that. All the states have state parks, state preserves. There's county parks, county reserves. It just gets rid of this federal layer, and and makes us think. Well, what can be done? What should be done at the federal level? And what can we handle at the state level? And so it gets rid of um, a lot of duplication. A lot of there's a, there's a federal law for everything. There's a state law for everything. I, I, this would get rid of those federal laws. Um, there's no state laws when it comes to national defense. Those are federal laws. There's no state laws when it comes to international diplomacy. Those are federal laws. There's no state laws currently about the printing of our money. Those are federal laws. And those would remain federal. But everything else that can be duplicated at the state level would be done at a state level. And it just makes the federal government much more slimmed down, focused. Um, the president is in charge of defense, diplomacy, and our currency. And that's about it. Um, the rest can be handled at state level. And what happens is, well, right now in the federal government is one size fits all. So they pass a law in D.C. That law is for all 50 states. And our country is is so massive. Um, I've had I've had friends <laughs> from the United Kingdom come over. And, and when they're coming over, they say, oh, I want to go and see Washington, D.C. I want to see Statue of Liberty. I want to see Disney World. And I want to see the Grand Canyon. And they're coming for a week. And I'm like, oh, oh pick one. <laughs> because... I don't think I don't think a lot of Europeans understand how massive the United States is. Uh, think of Europe, we're bigger, okay, yeah. we're wider. We're, you guys kind of like thin. We're we're thick, and and that ain't that doesn't even talk about Alaska, <laughs> or you know, Alaska is like five times the size of Texas. And Texas, if you drive from um, for your UK audience, uh, to you guys, two hour drive might be considered a long drive. Um, in America, you can drive at the speed limit of 65 miles per hour, which I don't know what it is in UK and um, kilometers, we, we, but we, something. We, we use miles per hour as well, so. So, in, when you could drive in the state of Texas for 12 hours at the speed limit and not leave Texas. Okay. So, I mean, that's, and that's one state. Okay. You can do this. You can. It would take you longer to drive from the top to the bottom of California. You know, so I, I don't. We are. We have. We literally have swamps. We have snow-capped mountains. We have hurricanes. We have tornadoes. We have earthquakes. Um, we have blizzards, um, and then each of our states have different pluses and minuses. Some I am in from Wisconsin. We're agricultural, and in Wisconsin we do dairy. Um, 95% of all milk created in Wisconsin is made into cheese, and we export it. Um, milk, the biggest milk producer though, is California, but they just make it for they're drinking their milk. Okay, <laughs> they don't really they have a cheese, but it's, it's not as the same way. So I think each state is very different from each other, and I think their problems they're better able to handle the closer you are to the problem, 
And that's why I think my amendment would 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 help bring about. I don't believe one size fits all ever works. Um, it can. One size fits all works fine for a national currency. There's a logic to it. Okay. Uh, one size fits all makes sense for um, international diplomacy, having one person represent the United States to other countries. One size fits all when it comes to national defense. But even within national defense, there are, there are state national guards, which are essentially state guards. Yeah. And um, in our country, when we have a, a natural disaster, hurricanes in Florida, blizzards and tornadoes in the Midwest, earthquakes in California, uh, the the governors activate their national guard and go out and and service that. Um, yes, they are part. They they are also soldiers that will fight in war, but in my country, national guards are viewed as when shit hits the fan, these guys show up and take care of it. Um, <clears throat> they're not police. <laughs> they're not police. Uh, when when they take over, they have big signs, looters will be shot. Um, they're yeah. not going to arrest you. They're just going to shoot you. Because they have, uh, if, if the National Guard has been activated in the state, the shit has hit the fan, and they're having to do it. They're in, in the Midwest, we have, in you know, the Mississippi, we have flooding. And you'll see National Guards going out there rescuing people stranded on their rooftops because everything's flooded around them. The ones that come and get them are the National Guard. Um, they're the ones that restore dams. They're the ones um, when when real riots occur, uh, they're activated and they go and deal with it. And they're they're not cops. They don't deal with it as cops. They deal with it as soldiers. So when typically in our country. Uh, when rioting occurs, it really occurs because of only police are handling it. But once the National Guard is activated, usually all the riots just stand because they know that they're not going to mess around. They're, they're not going to pay patty cake with them. They're just going to shoot them um, because that's how the soldiers are trained. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it will slim down the federal government. It'll, it'll get it focused on what it should be. And now think of that. And now you're president. You're not trying to solve everyone's problems. You're focused on defense. You're focused on diplomacy. And you're focused on a stable currency. And I think that will help that. Because so many countries like Argentina, uh, the guy that just became president down there, he wants his currency pegged based on the U.S. currency. And I think the better that the U.S. currency it becomes, the better the better it is for the the world as a whole, because yeah. it becomes a more stable currency. But well, I think um, most most currencies are pegged to the dollar anyway. They have like the UK is is basically there's a spread of the the euro, Japanese yuan, dollar etc. That's pegged. You've also got the the fact that you've got petrodollar as well, which means that people need to keep dollar reserves. As you said, it is a reserve currency. So all of these things. Keep the the dollar. Yeah, that's a, to to Americans. They're very confused by by foreign countries. Um, it, 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 there's it, a report in our country where they show a um, a country, just another country, having pallets of U.S. dollars, hundred dollar bills, and that's what they keep in their country. And Americans are like, why? You know, and why are you taking our currency? They, they, a lot of Americans are upset when they see that. Hey, that's our currency. And it's like, no, no, this is a good thing. And it's, it's sometimes hard for Americans to, they want that money returned. It's like, why are you keeping our money? You know, and then, no, that's that's a good thing. Don't don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's um, actually better than gold in a lot of cases. It's also far more transportable than gold. And yeah. gold had, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone thinks that gold is easily transportable. I just go and try a a brick of gold. Is it will be your viewers will think that will be enough to handle. You know, superheroes can carry bricks, plural. Humans carry bricks of gold. But so it's just an easier currency, you know. Um, it's just yeah, it is what it is. You know, uh, my amendment just makes it, um, I think it'll actually make the U.S. dollar stronger. Um, I think it'll cause deflation worldwide. Uh, some economists are afraid of that. I'm I'm not. Um, if you are a pensioner, you should hope for deflation. You should hope for deflation. 
because you're living on your on savings. If you're a borrower, you want inflation because you want the dollar, you want the currency to devalue because that means what you borrowed, you can pay. It's easier for you to pay off because that the value of that dollar shrinks. Um, that currency shrinks. Uh, it's easier to pay off. So lenders, and that's what created the, the Federal Reserve was created by major lenders who wanted to, to make money easy. They wanted to socialize debt. Um, I think that will be stopped with my amendment. I think, again, 40, 44 of 50 states have balanced budget amendments or balanced budget laws. If that will will finally have a balanced budget federal um federal government will have run a balanced budget and that will cause deflation worldwide. So if 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 my amendment happens, okay, <laughs> if my amendment happens, I'm not a financial advisor. Do not take a financial advice from me. But saying it were to happen, what could happen is that worldwide there would be a worldwide deflation because the borrowing of money by the US would stop. And the and the dollar would so if you're a lender, pay off your if you are a borrower, pay off your debts. If my amendment is added to the US Constitution. Um, and if you have money, if you're a retiree, my amendment is the best thing could ever happen for your for your pensions. Because it'll, it'll, your dollar well whatever you will be able to buy more with your dollars or pound. Pound is what you, you're yeah. back to the pound, right? You're no longer yeah. with the, the Euro and the Euro, that right. thing's good. Yeah. And that, and, and your European union is just collapsing as it is now. I think what Poland's planning to pull out of it. Um, anyways. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know? So, so, Let's let's say you've implemented your your state amendment. You've made some changes into how the country operates, and let's say today was the day that 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 change was implemented. Let's say all of your points were implemented. It was agreed, and a new president started today. What do you think the results would be over the next four years if you could just pick three key results that you think would happen? Massive, massive worldwide. Um... Because the U.S. currency is, um, a lot of countries are based their currency on the U.S. currency, and because we're the strongest economy in the world um, and most stable economy in the world, uh, there would be a worldwide deflation. It would be it, worldwide deflation would occur. Um, that would be for for U.K. I'm assuming you're saying, well, how would it affect the U.K.? Um, it would be deflation. You'd have deflation. So if you're borrowing money, uh, get out of debt quick um because that debt is going to increase in value not decrease um if and and then save start saving because every time your your doubt your your pound will increase in value because of deflation so it is a is a saver's paradise um another change would be well and our change worldwide would I think that we would be pulling out of a lot of we would stop being the global policeman. Um I think a lot of our overseas bases would be shut down because it's safe to say bring those soldiers home. Um I think you'd see a less well one foreign aid by US would stop. Um, we, I don't think the states could justify giving our money to other countries. Um, I think foreign aid would just stop. Uh, there, if you got money after, uh, if this man were to happen and the changes were to occur, I think U.S. foreign aid would just come to an end. It'd have to be a rare situation, um, that, that the federal government would then send money overseas. Um, and we, We'd probably be very hesitant to be in any foreign wars. Um, we'd still have our military would still be as powerful. I think, not, even though we have, we would have less overseas military bases. I think that um, we would still keep our eleven. Uh, we have eleven aircraft carriers. Um, that's re that's required by law 
in the U.S. to have the, that the U.S. has 11 U.S. carriers. Um, I don't think that would be reduced. So if we want to project it, our military power, we'd be, well, as we do today, we project it with our, our aircraft carriers. We send over, if you're a bad character, we send an aircraft carrier over saying, dude, we're watching. Here's here's this, you know, we don't need a country. that That's a floating air base right there. So I don't think that would happen. Um, I don't know. I think we'd probably get rid of the UN. I think the UN would be kicked out. I think the US would leave the UN and kick it out of the country. We've never liked it. It's also just a dictator's social club. The, I mean, China, China is on the Human Rights Committee. China, the one that is currently doing genocide, is on the human the UN's Human Rights Committee. It's a joke, you know. And and the US doesn't give a shit. Here's the truth, man. The US doesn't give a shit what the rest of the, the world thinks. We, really don't give a shit. We don't care what the UN says. Oh, we have a resolution against the United States. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the truth of the matter is the US just goes, <laughs> we don't care. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, right now, we're so... Just leave us alone. I mean, that that's, that's really... Um, the U.S. is an isolationist. We'll go, we will go back to being more isolationist, I believe. Um, our interact, our world interaction will greatly decrease. Um, it might not, but I, I really think that uh, the day is the same. Billions and billions and billions of dollars to other countries will be over. Um, I, I believe us starting... I mean, Biden has started in his four years, has started now, he's starting his fourth war. His fourth war. No American wants that. Except for, of course, the the, the makers of weapons, they want that. That's that's a you know, that's a heyday for them. Trump, when he gets in, he shuts down wars. He, and when he was in the presidency, he didn't he was the first president, I forget how long, that didn't start a new war. He shut down wars. You know, um, he just didn't, he came with a businessman's attitude, not politicians. Um, Obama said that ISIS is going to be a forever problem. Trump got in office, ISIS is no more. Okay. Um, oh, O'Brien said that stagnation was going to happen. We're going to have to get used to it for a very long time. Trump got in office, our economy roared. So, um, yeah, the, the, the three big changes, as far as Rose is concerned, there will be massive deflation because the U.S. dollar will gain in value. Um, if you if my amendment happens, get out of debt and start saving money because that is how you're going to have financial well-being. Um, foreign aid will come to a halt, screeching halt. And I don't think America is going to be much of a policeman anymore. Someone else is going to have to take a role. Maybe, maybe United Kingdom. You know, by the way, the United Kingdom could have been, the British Empire could still exist today. The only thing they had to do was give representation to their colonies. And that's all. Uh, the, the American colonies, if you gave representation to us in Parliament, we'd still be a member of you. That's what we, a battle cry in our American Revolution was no taxation without representation. We sent Benjamin Franklin, and what you guys did, you publicly dressed him down. You know, now I know the real reason why you guys didn't give the the colonies representation because if you gave us representation, all the rest of the colonies will have asked for representation in Parliament. And there's this tiny, tiny country called India, okay, who if you had to give representation by population, the British government, the British Parliament. The British Empire would then become the Indian Empire for all essential purposes. It would switch from being the British Empire to the Indian Empire. And I believe that's the real reason that that Parliament didn't give representation to the colonies was because they knew if they did, gave it to them, all their colonies would demand it, and India would have demanded it. And then if they gave it to India, it's no longer the British Empire, it's the Indian Empire because it's up by population. Yeah. Yeah. Now would that have happened? It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. 
Um, there's a there's one last section of my um, uh, there's our section to my amendment. Um, Washington D.C. is no more. There's no purpose for it. Um, I have the president go and around and visit every state once a year physically. So every state would demand that he there's 52 states. I mean there's 52 weeks. There's 50 states. Every state would demand one week of his time. Um, there's the Congress is no more because they're telecommuting from their state. So D.C. is shut down. Uh, stripped of his federal status and returned to the state of Maryland. Um, it, the lobbyist paradise is no more. And um, then my last section, it gives a way for countries to join the United States, but makes it very hard for them to join. Uh, a country wants to join the United States, they have to pass a referendum by two-thirds majority. A uh, simple majority is a 50% or a little bit more than 50%. A supermajority is 60%. Two-thirds majority is 66.666, you know, infinity percent. Um, so if a, another country want to join the United States as a state, they have to pass that referendum. Then they'd have to have everyone speak American English to at least an eighth grade level, which is what all newspapers are written at. They're written at an eighth grade level. Um, and then they'd have to, after proving that they have two-thirds of the population can speak English um, to an eighth grade level, then they have to pass another referendum by two-thirds. And then, then in the last sentence of that section is that if a state or a territory wants to leave the United States, it only requires a simple majority, and they can leave. It, so it makes it really hard to join the United States, but very easy to leave. I think that's a good thing. In America, we have this phrase called love it or leave it. And so here's an here's a way for them to leave it if they don't like it. Uh, do I think the whole rest of the world would join the United States? No. <laughs> do I think any country would join the United States? Yeah, probably there might be one or two. Um, it's really hard to join the United States way this way, but it gives them um, in United States history how territories became states is just dirty politics. Just if you read on how uh, there's the Missouri heel. If anyone wants to look up the state of Missouri, if you look at the with the same, there's a little part that's called the Missouri Heel that was added to Missouri simply because of one guy in dirty politics. Um, the state of Utah, which was used to be a gigantic territory, and now with the state of Utah, the state of Utah is what remains of the Utah territory. And we have in our constitution freedom of religion, but the but when Utah begged to be a state, they said you had to outlaw polygamy. Well, polygamy is part of the Mormon faith, and that's who is in Utah. The Mormons are in Utah, and they did. And now, but right now, you, you see reality shows, sisters, uh, sister wives, polygamy is still there. But the last section just makes it, takes the dirty politics of how to yeah. become a territory and how to become a state out of it. Um, I think some countries would, would Ukraine, maybe. And then it would that would end the war. If Ukraine became a state of the United States, what is Russia going to do? No, they're they're going to they're going to run for the hills. Um, uh, so 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 where where, one, where where can people? So are these are all the arguments for your state amendment, and if so, where can people read about all of these? Is this all in your right book? now? I, well, it, there's no there's no book. <laughs> it's just one one website with one page. It's, uh, it just gives out the. Um, the amendment. Right now, um, I'm just taking a relaxed attitude towards this. If they want to learn, um, go to Twitter. Um, is My handle on Twitter is at symbol Jack T. Decker. And follow me there. That's really the only way. It costs nothing. Um, I have a major YouTuber who has tens of millions of subscribers <laughs> who will have me on if my ex-followers get to a million. Um and I also help with the press, dealing with the press, showing interest in it. So if you follow, you don't have to be in favor. If you just want to follow the progress of it, um, I post all links to every podcast that I've been on that have sent me links to that. So I tweet out. I right now have uh, <laughs> not many. I have, it's just barely less than a thousand, but that'll grow. Um, and so if you want to go there, um, you'll, if you go to my Twitter profile, there's a section called posts. And in that section, I post 
mainly the links to all the the podcasts that I've appeared on. So you can listen to um, how I've talked about this and the different questions, different places I've had. I post the I don't I don't censor if uh, I've had some really bad <laughs> podcasts, um, really hostile ones, but I still post their link and I just tell people here it is. Um, the current one is having a really good response. Um, I see when anyone retweets uh, to us, and that podcast, I see a lot of retweeting of his podcast. And and also people dig into it. You can go back. Um, I'm becoming better of a guest, you know, Um, but that's what they can do. That's that's about right now the only thing they can do. Um, I need to show public interest. I'm letting this organically grow. Um, I'm on podcasts like yours, cutting my teeth. When I've been on as many podcasts as I can be on, I'll go then to radio talk shows. When I'm as, I'm as many of them, then I'll go to TV talk shows. Hopefully the mainstream media will then start paying attention to this. Um, I think if this amendment has a chance of actually succeeding because it's a power grab by the states. It gives them more power. I, I think the assent is actually going to be in favor of this because even though they quote, lose their job as U.S. senators, well, they've already won statewide elections. So the only thing they have to do is, is defeat the governor and become the new governor. And they doubled their power in the U.S. Senate and became the governor. There are members of the House of Representatives like Wyoming, Montana, Alaska, who only have one vote in the in the um, House of Representatives. So they've won statewide elections. So they think they'll be able to take on their state governor. There's 50, um, what is it? There's... Six states with one U.S. House of Representative, seven with two, two with three, and six with four. I think any one of those House of Representatives thinks they can take on their governor to for more power. Um, so I, and also in our country, we have what's called constitutional convention, and that's a threat that the states use. And they can they can call a constitutional convention without approval from Congress or or the president, and and bring about amendments. So that way, I think it has a chance. If it has chance. Fantastic. Well, you've given us loads to think about. Uh, I've learned a lot myself. Um, if people want to reach out to you, is, is the website just the best place on Twitter? Yes. Best place uh, is, um, and they find a link to where I have, I post the, the amendment commonly in replies to people whenever I can on Twitter. Um, there's a link in my profile to the, to where they can go and they can read the amendment. Um, so I, I post it everywhere. Uh, I post a lot of places, but it, yeah, if you go to my profile, it's right in the description. My description that my my Twitter profile is de- dedicated to this amendment. That's the only reason I have a Twitter account is for this amendment. Fantastic. I do I do tweet, you know, <laughs> other stuff until eventually, hopefully, there's enough momentum that I spend all my time just replying to tweets about the amendment and answering questions. Right, but right now I'm doing other stuff to draw attention. So excellent. That's that's about it. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having me Jack. on, though. Yeah, thank you very much, Jack. It's been a, it's been a great chat, and hopefully, people do go and check your amendment out because I think there is some valid points there. But thanks again, Jack. Thank you. Thank you very much.